unique. Hi, and welcome to Facts and Blog and Podcast. You know, what, what do you think is truly at stake for, for most I citizens? I believe, and, and when you talk to every election, they say this is the most important election, just like you said. Mm-hmm. But right now, um, uh, depending who gets elected, your gun rights are at stake. And uh, I talk to sheriffs all over the country. Uh, your, your freedom is at stake. The Constitution is at stake. I've never, ever seen it so crucial as it is right now. When executive orders are trickling down, and you don't know the constitutionality of these executive orders either. Uh, I think oftentimes they're not hard, fast rules. And I've never really seen an executive order that directly impacts the American people as a whole. So to, to put an executive order out banning certain firearms or restricting constitutional rights, that'll be interesting to see what would happen. Jay's World of Eats, uh, very special Halloween edition. Uh, Jay brought all the accoutrement of, Very uh, special uh, of, of candies and trick-or-treat buckets. Today's segment is brought to you by our friends at Lockdown. We are going to be giving away one of their Lockdown pucks this week. So I was in charge of this, and I remember wanting to steal all the candy bars and keep them for myself. Yeah. But I didn't just feel like turning the lights off at his house, so I went into the uh, pantry and he had just recently discovered Sam's Club at that point. Yeah. I remember two two things. He had single serve uh, plastic packs of Folger coffee crystals. <laughs> nice. And then he also had these giant containers of bullion cubes, <laughs> chicken and beef bullion cubes that were individually foil wrapped. Did you leave these out for the kids? I remember filling up a bowl. <laughs> And just sort of like grabbing handfuls and throwing them into kids' uh, kids' bags, you know, and and keeping all the candy for myself. You gave children Folgers coffee crystals and bouillon cubes, and, and then like for for Halloween for years after that, the. Uh, the trick-or-treater numbers really declined at his house, and he totally blamed me for it forever. Oh, yeah. That's accurate blame. That's not, like, blame that you weren't privy to. That is something you deserved. I think their product headline says it best, ring steel, not your ears. If you haven't checked out uh, episode 27 of the Facts and Blogging podcast, we actually spoke uh, to Jared from Caldwell Shooting about some of their uh, extensive line of hearing protection and accessories. One of the things that they sent out to us was a set of their Emac Shadows. And the nice thing about the Emac Shadows is not only are they excellent ear protection for the range or for training, or even when you're just mowing your lawn or working with power tools, uh, but they also are a Bluetooth headset. So if you're into earbuds and power beats and AirPods and all that kind of thing, you can still get great stereo sound dual microphones and device control all right here from the shadows and again when you use those foam tips uh, you also get a 25 db noise reduction rating as well so if you're out on the range all day you're working on a project in the garage you want to listen to music you still need to take calls that sort of thing no need to be taken on and off the giant muffs you could just have a pair of shadows in and you can find these over at caldwellshooting.com and don't forget to check out our whole episode about hearing protection with caldwell at faxandfirearms.com slash blog 
Hi, and welcome to episode 39 of the Facts and Blog and Podcast. We have a great show today. Sean Maloney from Second Call Defense, as well as Sheriff Richard Jones from Butler County, Ohio, right here in our hometown, are with us today for Firearms and the Election Part 2. So we figured a great legal mind like Sean and somebody who is an elected official uh, official in government uh, would be excellent for Part 2 of this little series uh, as we lead up to Election Day here in the U.S. So make sure that you stick around for that. Also coming up on Jay's World of Eats, we are giving away a lockdown puck smart security device. Make sure you check out our friends at Lockdown. They have tons of great products to keep everything safe, clean, and organized in your gun safe or with whatever you hold valuable. So again, we'll have all of the ways to win during Jay's World of Eats segment. Before we get going with our main segment today, we'll take a quick break to hear from some of our friends of the podcast, and then we will get into our conversation with Sheriff Jones and Sean Maloney. You know, it's no secret that the things that you keep in your gun safe are important. They're valuable. They're things that you want, you need, you need to hold on to, whether it's just your firearms and supplies. Or I know a lot of people like to use their gun safes to hold things like tax returns and other important documents, family photos. All of those things are incredibly important. And to help keep better track of it and better maintenance on those items, Lockdown has a series of devices and utilities and tools to help keep those things things that you treasure safe. One of my personal favorites that we actually use here in the office quite a bit uh, around our storage for cameras and lighting and things like that is just one of their dehumidifiers. Now they have lots of other stuff. You may have already heard of the golden rod. You've heard a lot of stuff about the lockdown puck, uh, which is a smart device to help keep your gun drawer, your safe, your tools, even your wine cellar safe. Uh, and checking up on the humidity and the atmosphere in those places as well. We did a great episode with Lockdown several weeks back that you could check out at factsandfirearms.com slash blog, where we go through pretty much their entire product line and everything from the Lockdown Puck to dehumidifiers to even things like, you know, storage, rack shelving, things of that variety, keeping your safe, keeping your gun room clean, organized and protected. And you could even get something like this, one of their room or gun safe dehumidifiers. If you're looking to organize that space in your home, again, whether it's for your gun safe or just anything that you hold valuable, we'd recommend you go to lockdown.com. Well, as promised, we have Sean Maloney returning. He's the defense attorney and founder of Second Call Defense, as well as Ohio Butler County Sheriff Richard Jones. Gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Yes, we appreciate glad it. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me again. So, Sean, you, uh, you're you a top offender now. This is third time on the show for you. Uh, you and Dan Zimmerman are tied. That's right. It's my third strike. I'm not sure uh, what that means in, in, in the world of podcasts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very good. And uh, uh, Sheriff Jones, Thank you so much for taking some time uh, to be on with us. Uh, I think most of our viewers have, have probably seen you around some news outlets, especially here recently. And uh, we know that you you make some time for media. So so thank you again for, yes, for being I, here. I, I'm glad to be here. I, a few weeks ago, I was on CNN twice in two days. Yeah. And that's the enemy channel. Yeah. And it was hand-to-hand <laughs> combat. But I'd done pretty good for myself. Yeah, I was going to say, I was reviewing uh, I was reviewing all of your, your recent, uh, yeah. you, you know, 
instances there. And, uh, you know, what's, what's great about this is obviously both you and Sean have, um, not just local perspective, but national perspective when it comes to gun laws, legislation, the election and what have you. But since we're all kind of living in the same neighborhood around here, it's nice to give some, you know, examples of what local government is up to, uh, you know, when it comes to these things. So I, I just want to start very, very broad and just ask, you know, Sheriff Jones, what do you truly think is at stake in this election? Uh, every election cycle, we always get into this feeling where we go, oh, well, this this is the most important election ever. This is the most high stakes <laughs> election ever. Sure. And it always seems like it's one upping itself. But you yourself as an elected official and all of the things that you've been a part of, you know, what What do you think is truly at stake for, for most I citizens? Believe, and, and when you talk to every election, they say this is the most important election, just like you said. Mm -hmm. But right now, um, uh, depending who gets elected, your gun rights are at stake. And um, uh, I talk to sheriffs all over the country. Uh, your, your freedom is at stake. The Constitution is at stake. I've never, ever seen it so crucial as it is right now. If uh, Biden gets elected president of the United States. He's appointed, he said he's gonna appoint the guy that ran for president uh, to be his gun czar, and mm. that's to take our guns away. I'm in law enforcement, I'm always gonna have guns, and right. the police have guns, but they wanna limit us to what we can have. But I believe that if the Democrats win, if Biden wins, he's gonna bring in like and similar people they're going to look at your gun rights. They're going to look at gun manufacturers. They're going to look at uh, where you won't be able to buy bullets. They're going to do everything they can to take your rights away, your constitutional rights. Uh, it's no different than right now. Uh, Biden said he's going to make it mandatory. He's looking at another mandatory shutdown for the government. We can't take another mandatory shutdown. Uh, our government needs to work. We got to produce things. We got to make things. People got to make money. Uh, schools got to open. Uh, I've had family members that's had the COVID, uh, like flu symptoms. I have 500 employees. I've probably had 20, 25 employees that have had it, flu-like symptoms. I've had prisoners that have had it. Um, and, you know, it, it's out there, uh, but you can't shut the government down. Uh, you got to keep it working. And I was on a podcast two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago in England. And they were asking, why does the United States have such an obsession with guns? And mind you, this is England. Mm -hmm. And I said, because of you. And they said, what do you mean because of me? I said, because you came, you came here when we were just colonies. And I said, all we had were squirrel rifles. I said, you came in with your big ships, your big fancy military and your cannons and you tried to kick our asses. And um, and we had to fight you and defeat you. And when we became a nation, we put it in our constitution that we will always have guns and you can't take our guns away. It's in our constitution. They didn't know the history, nor did they care. But then they came back again in the War of 1812 and tried us again. Mm -hmm. They burned our White House down. So we have our constitution and our second amendment rights because of England, basically, uh, Europe. And we're not going to give that up easily. And there's times that law enforcement, we depend on civilians to have guns. Right. Um, sometimes we're outgunned. Uh, sometimes we need help. 
And so this election is so crucial to our country to continue to work, to manufacture, and they're going to come after Anybody that manufactures guns, sells guns, they're going to uh, bullet manufacturers, they're going to open it wide up. That's not a threat. I'm not just saying that. It's the truth. And it's coming. And that's why this is so crucial. And people are scared. Yeah. I talk to them all the time. They're scared to death that uh, my concealed carry permits in Ohio, you got to have a, con- you don't have to, you can do an open carry. Mm-hmm. But if you want to carry a concealed weapon, you get a concealed permit from the sheriffs, there's 88 sheriffs in Ohio. Uh, right now it's a six month waiting list to get a renewal yeah. So, or to get your concealed carry. So what's that tell you? Uh, that's in every sheriff's office. People are scared, they're purchasing guns. If you can find a gun or find bullets, you're fortunate. Yeah. Uh, but that's the most important thing that I feel is going on in our country right now. Yeah. Well, and you know, you, you hit on something about when, you know, your deputies or any, you know, municipal police you know, there is kind of a, a fallback here in the states that we feel that in certain communities that there are citizens that are armed and thus can neutralize threats and, and so on. The the one thing that I've seen and I know Sean has seen just in his practice, I feel like even though there is an uptick in firearms owners, that there's also a, a, a pretty heavy hesitation more so than normal about actually using them in the act of self-defense because of what happens to you publicly. I mean, that's what Sean's practice, you know, with second call is basically all about, you know, but so what would you say to folks that are nervous about even defending their own homes and families because of public perception? In Ohio, we have what's called the castle doctrine. You can protect yourself. Mm -hmm. Somebody comes in your home, tries to do bodily harm to you, but still it depends where you live. Who is going to prosecute you? what state you're from, what city you're from. Hell, they prosecute police officers for defending themselves and using deadly force. I would say know your surroundings, know what you are, where you are, and keep in mind, you either have to have the product that Sean's involved with where you have insurance and you can protect yourself because you will be in court Mm. and you will face that possibility of losing everything that you've worked so hard for. And for these bigger cities uh, throughout the United States, it's worse. They have gun restrictions and uh, the bad guys still have guns. They right. don't care about restrictions. Mm-hmm. You go in my jail, I have a thousand prisoners say, hey, how many of you have uh, weapon permits? None. Uh, how many of you have guns? All of them. Uh, are they? Are you allowed to have guns? No, not once you're a convicted felon, but they all have guns, sometimes several guns. So what I would tell you to do is know your surroundings, know your uh, federal government, where you live, the cities, and keep in mind, uh, there's a strong possibility you could be prosecuted. Here in this community where we live in this part of Ohio, we're good. Uh, We have a good attorney general. We have good prosecutors, uh, but it may not be the same in these big cities. Yeah. Absolutely. Sean, would, would you say that falls in line with, you know, what you've seen maybe even from your clients as far as just the, the hesitation and concern about, uh, you know, the chance of being prosecuted, mm-hmm. the chance of losing everything, you know, based on based on these, uh, you know, the anti-two-way prosecutors or, or whatever that are in their local government? Well, I agree 100 percent. And that's one of the biggest problems that we have are that it, it doesn't doesn't so much depend upon 
your actions as much as uh, who the prosecutor is, what part of the country you're in. Are you in Cleveland, Ohio versus Hamilton, Ohio? And I've said it before. I feel like I'm the luckiest man in the world. Uh, I was born in America. I'm a proud United States citizen. I love this country and I'm lucky enough to live in Butler County, Ohio and have this, this gentleman as my sheriff. Mm -hmm. I feel like my rights are protected and he has my back as well as, as we has have his. I wanted to point out something we're talking about earlier with concealed carry permits. Ohio law mandates that the sheriffs set aside 15 hours per week to process concealed carry permits. Uh, and there's many sheriffs that's, that that's all they give is 15 hours a week. Sheriff Jones and his department have 80 hours a week staffing for to collect uh, concealed carry permits and renewals. So and I want to thank you, Sheriff, for that, because yes, you don't have to do that. You go the extra mile for the gun owner and, and, and certainly in Butler County. See, in Ohio, to have a permit, you have to go through the training right. to have the concealed carry and you have to pass a background check. These are people that are law-abiding citizens. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you give the extra hours? But because of this lockdown in the state of Ohio, what they've had, it's it's put police departments short on staffing. Um, I've just bought in more staffing. I've increased the shifts. And we're still five months out. And it, it the line is long. It's fast. But these are law-abiding citizens. These are people that uh, work every day pay their taxes or retired. These aren't criminals. These are the good people. And you got, and they want their weapons. They, they come in, they'll wait in line, but it's right now in our country. I talk to sheriffs from all over the place, just not Ohio, all over the country. I'm on national committees. We're all concerned about the unrest. Uh, we see people now uh, that aren't normally angry. They're mad. Uh, mm -hmm. that don't normally say things to the police. They're mad. Their tempers are short. I talked to uh, a few psychiatrists about how they're doing with their businesses. And you think, well, why we're on a show talking about weapons? And what does that have to do with weapons? Well, it has everything to do with it. When you see these terrible tragedies in these people that have mental illness, right now they're falling between the cracks. Uh, people that need mental, um, uh, uh, let's say, Treatment, the the doctors are overstaffed or they're not taking new patients or some facilities have closed down mm -hmm. because of COVID. And the patients that are so paranoid, they won't come see them. And mark my word, I want to say this again, mark my word, we're going to have tragedies. And it's going to be because these people couldn't get treatment and because we're so busy trying to take things away from people. When you have these mass shootings, a lot of times it's citizens that end it and resolve it with their weapons um, because the police aren't always there. And it in a school shooting, it may take 10, 15, 20 minutes for the police to respond. I've been pushing for armed personnel in the schools and we're trying to get that in Ohio. Some schools have it, some don't. Uh, Bloomberg's people have came in with their big fancy attorneys and are fighting us in the schools in this local area. Uh, we had a school shooting here. A 13-year-old came in just to open fire and shot people. And don't think that it just happened somewhere else or behind that tree or in the big cities. Most of these school shootings are people that uh, their, their uh, parents or upper middle class, uh, $400,000 homes, kids never been in trouble in their life, but they have mental issues. They bring these weapons to school, they open fire. The police aren't in every school. We need school personnel armed, but with that, 
You got these Bloomberg people with all these rich people coming in and fighting us and doing everything they can to stop us. Yeah, that, that's something that I think is is um, eye opening for a lot of people not realizing that there are instances where a city police department or a county sheriff will want to and happily provide school resource officers or armed folks. But sometimes it's the it's the school saying no because yes. of whatever optics are going on yes. in the situation or whatever social perception may be. And that's something that I've found extremely interesting uh you know sad most times but extremely interesting that that it's so um that it's such a dichotomous thing that people are so against having you know trained uh, uh police officers it, it depends, you know, there. it depends where you're at sure uh what city you're from uh and right now there you have these people that are running for government they hate the police right but they all have security they all have police bodyguards and rich people are going to have security. Uh, I don't like to agree with Al Sharpton very often. Mm -hmm. uh, matter of fact, never. But he said the worst thing that you can do, he said his words, and I'm quoting him, which I don't like to do because I throw up in my <laughs> mouth a little bit. But he is absolutely correct. The people that need it the most yeah. are the people in these communities that the first thing that happens when you do away with the police uh It'll be total chaos. It's like the lights are out. And he said, it's stupid. It's ignorant. Uh, and we need the police, especially in neighborhoods that have rapid shooting, shootings, killings. And that's with the police there. And so it's it's what feels good right now. And there's a movement to do all those things, take the police out, disarm the police, uh, make social workers respond to calls and to domestic violence calls. And as a policeman, I'm okay with that. If a social worker wants to go and break up two people fighting, yeah. good, good for you. Yeah. Uh, you won't like it. Uh, they don't like the police and they will not like social workers. It's where most police officers are killed and injured or have to return fire is on domestic violence. It's stupid. Even Al Sharpton says it's stupid. Look, mm. I threw up in my mouth a little bit again, <laughs> but it's the truth and we need to, we need to get together. And I will say this everybody's got to get out to vote. Doesn't mm -hmm. matter which, where you stand, you got to get out. This is a very important election for your constitutional rights, for your freedom rights. And if you want to keep your weapon, I think they'll even come after shotguns. Mm -hmm. You won't be able to hunt. You have to have, the government will know every weapon you have. And I am the government. And uh, I don't trust the government. And right. if you don't believe that, all you got to do is watch what's going on right now with the government spying on regular citizens. And when the president of the United States said they were tapping his phones when he first went in office, they said, hey, well, he's crazy. Look at him. He's nuts. He was right. And that's where these bureaucrats get in D.C. and they get in these positions. And no matter who the president is, when a new president comes in, doesn't matter if it's a Democrat or a Republican, these people are embedded there. They can leak things. They can stop you. They and it's they know the secrets, and it's really on a bubble right now. Our country is, and that's a long answer, but I give it to you. No, no, I totally appreciate it. And you know, Sean, for you too. I mean, since you're, I mean, obviously you have your practice, but but you are kind of in the know on some of these legislative items and some of the things that are going on. I know as soon as you walked in, one of my coworkers was like, Hey, what's going on with these pistol braces? You know, what, what do you think are, are some, you know, 
hot button gun legislation topics that are happening right now that most people may not be aware of? Well, constitutional carry uh, in the state of Ohio is certainly on the, the back burner because of COVID. Uh, we also had uh, removing the duty to retreat in, in the state of Ohio. Uh, as soon as you're in fear of death or serious bodily injury or harm, then you can use lethal force right now. First in the state of Ohio, uh, you have a duty to retreat. So to look for all avenues uh, to, to retreat, despite the fact that you're faced with them in a danger. So th those are what's going on now. And, and actually constitutional carry uh, is passed in several locations uh, this year, right next door to us in Kentucky, for instance, and West Virginia has it also. So that, that those are current movements. But nationally speaking, uh, uh, national reciprocity with concealed carry permits, but those are kind of even uh, further shelved on the back burner because right now we're just trying to protect the rights that we have. And as the sheriff stated, uh, this is, is the most important election of our time because our rights are specifically uh under the gun, so to speak. Yeah, Bader O'Rourke saying, you know, he's going to be our gun czar. And he's already stated he wants to take all of our most popular sporting rifles that there are. They'll take every shotgun, they'll take every handgun. And then you have Bloomberg's people coming into the state of Ohio for a couple of different reasons. You know, if if I wanted to live under New York state law, I would move to New York state. Yeah. <laughs> but he comes in, he wants to disarm the, the teachers to endanger our children. And then once more, he's paying and funding uh an act to put uh, universal background checks on our ballot. And what a universal background check is, if I want to gift a firearm to my my son or my daughter, it has to have a background check. If I want to sell one to my neighbor, I have to have a background check. But more importantly, the only way universal background checks work is with gun registration. You have to mandatorily register every firearm so the government that the sheriff doesn't trust, and he is the government, has True. to know every firearm we have and what's going on with them. And everywhere throughout the history of the world, universal background check means universal registration, means universal uh, confiscation. Look it up. They take your guns. They've done it in New York State, on Long Island when you register firearms. They've done it all over the world. And if you look at what's happening with the unrest in the world, it's because first thing it did was take away the firearms. And that's what we're faced with. Yeah. It, and it's no longer... Backroom talk. Now it's a party platform with, a, with the progressives in America. They're flat out looking Americans in the eye and saying, we want your guns and we want them all. Yeah. And again, that's why I'm, I'm lucky to live in Butler County and have this man sitting beside me protecting my rights. Well, and I, I think the thing that even makes it scarier in this time is it's not so it's not just in a vacuum. Oh, well, there's, you know, there's this possibility of registration and thus confiscation. But there's also this move, this defund the police movement, mm -hmm. which is equally scary. Right. So it's like so not only not only are you making it harder for me to defend myself, but you're also making it harder for the people who protect and serve the communities to right. defend all and of us. And it's hard to recruit people to believe people. Right. Why would you want to go into this type of uh, work uh, if you use your weapon? You're penalized. You could lose everything you have. Uh, do you wait for somebody to shoot you first? Do you, you know, you're trained muscle memory and it's total, total craziness. The media has destroyed this country and used to the media would when they would do the news, they actually told the news. Now it's entertainment and they don't care if they destroy you at all. Uh, they don't care one bit if they destroy you, your career, and um, uh, and 
paint you in a terrible way in law enforcement. Yeah. Well, and and with that, Sheriff, one of the things that I had written down before you came in is that I, I feel right now, especially in this hour of American history, whenever there is a, a, an officer involved shooting, I, I feel like there has been so much more um, or rather so much less uh, department backing of those folks. You know, it, it feels like they're they're sending their their deputies, their officers out to the wolves, you know, in, in a lot of cases. The reason is that these police departments have bosses, city council, the mayors, safety directors. Um, those people control their police department. Sheriffs throughout the country, there's 3,300 sheriffs. Uh, throughout the United States, they're solely elected by the people. They have their boss are the people. I don't have a boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the people, and we get hired and fired by the people every four years. So constitutionally, sheriffs are it. We're the last lines of defense. And there's a push in some states to take away sheriffs. So um, I have jurisdiction in the entire county. I'm the highest ranking law enforcement official in the county, every county sheriff in that county. We have jurisdiction in the entire state uh, and we have to fight to keep that jurisdiction. Some states have lost that. Yeah. But when you solely depend on police departments, you've seen where they've gotten rid of several police chiefs recently um, and uh, the Black Lives Matter. And these chiefs are the ones that have uh, they've gotten rid of or quit. We're African-American. Good people. I know them personally, some of them. Uh, Craig was down in Cincinnati. Stand up guy. Stands up. But they all work for mayors in these big cities, Democratic, and they control the narrative. And the police chiefs have no authority. They've taken it all away from them. Sheriffs, on the other hand, have the authority. And that's why you see more sheriffs stepping up. You know, I, I think that's that's something that came up in our first couple episodes post uh, or during the pandemic when the whole defund the police movement started to pick up. Uh, even just I've, I've said this to Sean before, you know, stuff like this is water cooler talk when you work for a gun manufacturer. Sure, uh, you know, uh, but one of the things that came up was realizing that so many people have a misconception on how policing actually works. You know, it's not it's not a federally uh, placed thing where the president says we have selected Sheriff Jones for Butler County, Ohio. It's not. You know, if and if you have trouble with if if you and your community don't agree with how your sheriff's department is being run, then you have a chance every four, every four years, years you to get elect to hire a new sheriff. Fire. Listen, sheriffs invented law enforcement. Police departments mm-hmm. don't like to hear that. We were the first law enforcement in this country, in the colonies. George Washington's father was a sheriff in one of the colonies. Sheriffs come from England, sheriffs. That was in our colonies. They called them sheriffs. They were the collector of taxes. They, When they formed the, the, the colonies, they were sheriffs. They collected taxes. They were the highest ranking law enforcement in each area. And like I said, we were the first law enforcement, not police, not constables, not federal authorities. It was the sheriffs in those communities. No matter where you live in the United States, you have a sheriff and they're all constitutional sheriffs. They work for the people and they enforce law, have full law enforcement capabilities, and they 
and you are their boss. Mm-hmm. And police departments, on the other hand, you can go to city council, you can complain, you can go to the city manager. They are hired and fired by the council. Sheriffs are not. That's why you'll see sheriffs come into cities sometime and they don't ask the police. They just come in and they can. I have. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I have jurisdiction in the entire county, all the cities in this county. Um, and in the big cities, sometimes you'll see the sheriffs just come in. Yeah. You see sheriff cars all over. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, something we talked about in the last episode is why when we're having elections like this one, that people don't just go to the ballot and and choose just vice president and president and leave everything else blank. You know, if you are really concerned with how your local everyday life is happening right now, then you need to be voting at the local level. You need to be voting at the state level. I tell people, hey, uh, when I go out and talk to groups, you, it's all politics are local. Mm-hmm. It's not all in D.C. All politics is local. Your mayor, your city council, your sheriffs, your prosecutors, all local. You got to vote and you got to pay attention. And if you have uh, civic groups, you need to bring these people in and put their feet to the fire. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, and I spend probably 60 percent of my time fighting with the bureaucrats and other yeah. elected people because I say what I think. And I'm not afraid to say it. Not everybody does that. I deal with people that will shake your hand, look you in the eye, and you got to have a lie meter, mm-hmm. which I have a very good one. Mm-hmm. I can look them in the eye and tell when they're lying. Most of the time when they're talking, they're lying. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm in the government, and I'm telling you, they're lying. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that uh, I, I did want to ask, I was telling Sean when he came in, you know, I was revisiting some of your uh, – uh, some of your, your – news appearances and when you do get pulled on for interviews and things, you know, especially when you're, when you get pulled on by national news, places Uh like CNN and so on. I always feel that whether it's someone like you or someone like Ben Shapiro or Charlie Kirk or whoever else there, there, there seems to be a feeling that they're trying to lead you down a certain path, you know, during the conversation. They try to put words in your mouth. They try to make you look like a fool. They try to make you look like a racist, a bigot, uh, uh, somebody that can't hardly read and write. See, I wear this cowboy hat and I'm probably the only one in Ohio that wears a cowboy hat and, uh, which is good for me. Uh, but, I have cowboy boots uh, and I have a big mustache. It's not neatly (laughs) trimmed, but I'm not stupid. I have a master's degree from Xavier University, but I don't tell people that. I want them to think I'm stupid, Uh, but I'm not. I hire smart people. And when you're doing these interviews, they attack you viciously. If I'm uh, supporting President Trump, they attack you viciously. Uh, If my stance are one way or the other on immigration, they attack you viciously. But I'm not afraid. And... Uh, and people like, even if you're a different party, I get crossover votes because it's not a Democrat and Republican issue, law enforcement and your safety. And, uh, you gotta stand up. And when you, people like people who stand up, even if they disagree with you, you'll walk away and say, Hey, I know where that person comes from because he just told us it's not a wishy-washy answer. You'll get a real answer from people like me, but you do get attacked. Your family gets attacked. And you just got to be strong, be able to take it. 
Yeah. I do pretty good. I sleep good at night. <laughs> Very good. Sean, even one of the things that uh, we mentioned the last time you were on was uh, we were talking outcomes. You know, what if Trump gets reelected? What if Biden gets elected? You know, what if they get the Senate? What if they don't get the Senate? You know, with the official news rolling down about uh, Amy Coney Barrett, uh, you know, being sworn in, you know, kind of where do things set, uh, you know, as far as what could play out, you know, should should Biden Harris, uh, you know, win the ticket. There are several things that you have to be concerned about. Number one, the outcome of the election. Uh, make sure people have confidence in that. And then how long will it actually take for a winner to be declared? And that's something we're all interested in. But I think that's probably something that that is a, a little bit more in Sheriff Jones's forefront because you never know uh, what kind of activity is going to be occurring uh, and uh anarchy, so to speak, until the election is declared. And then there's several key uh, Second Amendment cases that are, that are sitting waiting to be heard, and they've accepted uh, jurisdiction on a number of those. So those will be interested also. Um, but mostly with Biden and Harris, depending upon who you're listening to, Biden's a Trojan horse. In my mind, why in the world would anybody vote for Joe Biden? Uh, you know, obviously I, I'm, I'm swayed one way or another, but still just on what he says and, and who he seems to be really bothers me. But then you look at what happens when, if he goes or if he's declared incompetent or, or he, God, God forbid he should pass away. And you look at who the vice president candidate is. So left wing, so progressive, uh, is against essentially everything that we're for. Um, I, th I believe that Joe Biden and, and, and Harris hate our founding fathers. When want to even meet them for dinner or lunch because our founding fathers held values that are totally against what they believe in right now. And that's why when you think about this election and this ticket, freedom is at stake. We have to vote freedom first and our country's at stake and our core values are at stake. So I'm hopeful that with our latest Supreme Court justice, at least we have the bell bellwether there and that, that can be protected. But there's a lot that can happen below that uh, before things happen. And luckily, Trump has done an amazing job appointing uh, federal court judges and court of, federal court of appeals judges. So that gives us judicially, it gives us a strong foundation. But again, there's a, a lot can occur before it hits the core system. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with that, you know, Sheriff Jones, when when we look back at some of the talking points of even just a couple of months ago, you know, where on the campaign trail, you know, uh, Kamala Harris had said we're going to give you know, the Senate 100 days or whatever it was to fix, you know, all these gun issues or, or we're going to start executive order. What in the world does that even look like? You know, I mean, how does that even like to me, it seems like such a such an overreach, which I think we've been desensitized to, frankly, as a country, you know, of having federal government overreach. But, you know, how would that affect you if if, if a Biden and Harris get elected and they sign an executive order uh, that infringes on the two A rights of, of your you know community? How does that impact you? Well, it impacts everything and facts and it. The people that we're talking to today, all of us, our kids, kids, our kids, kids, kids. It's and these executive orders, the last four presidents, they can't get anything through Congress and the Senate. It's broken. Uh, so what they do, the president has to do executive orders. Uh, this president done it. Uh, president Obama done it. President all the past presidents used to do it just a tiny little bit. Now that's all you can do. You can't get anything through Congress and the Senate. They hate each other so bad. When Reagan was president, Tip O'Neill was the Speaker of the House with the Democrats. They used to actually have a drink together. 
in the chambers. They'd go to their little offices and they would compromise and make things work. Not anymore. It's mm -hmm. total chaos, total fighting, total hate. And that's where we're at right now. And we got to get our government back under control. Greatest country in the world to live. And we too will get through this. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, I mean, what, what would you say? I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit. I mean, how does that trickle down to, you know, the, the local government does, does someone like Sheriff Jones have a way of being say, you know, being able to legally say the buck stops here, you know, with, with the things like these executive orders. Well, and that's what I mentioned on our last episodes, you got to vote locally first. Uh, make sure that you're in control of your own backyard. And then uh, whatever the federal government is, is, is going to try to do, they're going to try to do. And whatever constitutional protections that Sheriff Jones can offer us as citizens and, and residents of Butler County, uh, he'll go to the wall for us. And, and we all realize that. And I, I think that's why uh, he doesn't even have a, 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 an opponent in this election, you know, they, because, you know, everybody loves Sheriff Jones. But essentially, when executive orders are trickling down and you don't know the constitutionality of these executive orders either, uh, I think oftentimes they're not ha hard, fast rules. And I've never really seen an executive order that directly impacts the American people as a whole. So to, to put an executive order out banning certain firearms or restricting constitutional rights, that'll be interesting to see what would happen. Uh, and I think that, uh, well, I know that Sheriff Jones takes an oath to to, to to fight for and protect the Constitution of the United States. And I'm confident that he'll be there to do that. And most local sheriffs uh, will be there to do that also. But, you know, there's this could be a a, a huge loss for us if uh, if Biden and Harris are, are, are in the, the top office. Yeah, well, and, and I think this brings me to to my final prompt for you guys, uh, and that is the narrative that is being pushed, I think a little more increased, uh, a more of increased clip right now is, uh, you know, folks uh, of the left wing calling out for, and this happens every election cycle, but I feel like it's even more animated now. Like, why in the world do we have the electoral college? You know, because they see like, well, if we're just depending on places like L.A. and New York City and whatever to, you know, do a popular uh, vote it, it, election. It's, it's pretty simple. The reason the Electoral College is there is so places like California, places like New York, the bigger populated areas can't control who the president is and right. control the government. Everybody has certain amount of electoral votes. The last election I was I think Ohio has 18 I was one of the 18, mm -hmm. um, and I think the reason they chose me, they didn't think he was going to get elected. Nobody else wanted it, and uh, and I got it. Then everybody wanted it, <laughs> and I got probably 5,000 pieces of mail a day. The mailman just bought them up in buckets and, and containers, and it was people from all over the country telling me not to cast my vote for the president. And uh, But listen, if that's – that was formed for the reason, the sole purpose is so that every state counts. And that's why you'll see these candidates going to going to these different states and working it, because if not, it'd just be all California and New York. And they would and they don't represent all of us. Right. So that's why you want the Electoral College. It's popular vote. It, you know, it's great and wonderful. But you need to get the states so it's equal. That's what makes this equal. And to change the rules if you don't win uh, is like playing a football game or a basketball game and halfway through 
the other team's beating you, so you want to change the rules mm-hmm. uh, because they got somebody that can shoot good baskets or throw the football better than the other, run faster, score touchdowns, better coach. So we need to change the rules. Uh, that's all that is. The electoral college has been there since its existence, and it has to be there. Don't let these people on either side take that away, or we'll be represented from somebody from California from this point forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing to look at is, you know, they put out the heat maps after every election. You know, here's kind of the concentration, you know, per geographical area. But the thing that always blows my mind, uh, I don't know why it does, because I expect it every single time, but it's still amazing to see in front of you, is if you look at the heat map based on um, based on land ownership. You know, if, if you really look at the United States as a whole and you see the color uh, red, covering up so much of the United States based on land ownership. But you see these real hot spots of blue, you know, in, in places, you know, on, on the West Coast and on the East Coast. And I think that that is so important, whether or not people are thinking about it in the way of social causes, but economic changes, you know, taxation changes, all of these things that the federal government can really either support or cripple um, agriculture, you know, working sure. class citizens, you know, all of these types of people that they they don't even have a, a lifestyle that even has any semblance of what someone in Manhattan does. Uh, you know, I think that's why there's there's such an importance. But it's just been very interesting to see the Twitter sphere open up uh, and they're really <laughs> pushing for, you know, popular vote this yeah. year. Hey, you know? it's but you don't want it. No, no. No, if you're if you're informed on it and you understand that the whole the whole country mm-hmm. needs to be you know spoken for, then all you know, of us, yeah. And, and the the progressive part of the left wing party, uh, they want to break down every every barrier that they have to seizing power. And an elect, electoral college is one of those barriers that they need to break down that to, to kick in the door, so to speak. And our founding fathers realized. Uh, how important the electoral college would be and how important uh, having a balance of power throughout the United States is. And I think whenever they want to attack different parts of the Constitution or the way things are, they're just barriers to, to them taking power. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the sheriff said, they want to change the rules in the middle of the game. Right. They want to change the rules of how many Supreme Court justices because they don't like what's happening. Mm-hmm. They don't like who's in power, so they want to change the rules. Yeah. Very good. Well, gentlemen, we're about out of time. Before we go, Sean, could you just remind folks where they could learn more about you in Second Call Defense? Sure. Feel free to go to www.secondcalldefense.org. Great educational opportunities, white papers on use of force and lethal force in law, and uh, answer all your questions dealing with concealed carry and open carry throughout the United States. Very good. And Sheriff Jones, if people want to figure out more about you and what's going on in Butler County. It's, it's pretty simple. You can go online and look up Butler Sheriff. Richard K. Jones, and you'll get all you need, I promise. Yes, you'll get plenty. You'll get plenty of <laughs> thumbnails of the good sheriff here. Well, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you hear anything from us today, we're just reminding you, got to get out and vote. You yes, got to right. not just vote for the presidential nominees. You need to vote state. You need to vote local. Really think about your everyday life and the rights that you hold dear before you make your voting decision. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you guys. 
If you're looking to up your game for gun cleaning and maintenance, you have to check out the Tipton Ultra Gun Vice. Uh, this thing is amazing. It's incredibly modular, uh, pretty lightweight, but really, really heavy duty, all the way down to the steel tube frame, all these different modular pieces and parts, even the accessory trays are solvent resistant, and uh, they have excellent gripping pads to make sure that you don't scrape up the gun that you're working on. Even work on things like crossbows, so if you want some Something that's going to be the one-stop vice for all of your gun cleaning and maintenance needs. You definitely need to check them out. Uh, you could head to tiptonclean.com to check out all the specs, all the reviews, see some more photos uh, of this vice in action. And we're actually going to be using this particular one for some research and development projects uh, for some new products from Faxon coming up soon and we're excited to share both those products and the footage of the testing with you. Uh, so again, Visit tiptonclean.com and check out the Ultra Gun Vice. Welcome back to another installment of Jay's World of Eats. Uh, very special Halloween edition. Uh, Jay brought all the accoutrement. Of, Very uh, special. Uh, of, of candies and trick-or-treat buckets. Trick-or-treat bucket. Mm, and it's a, you know, it's a pumpkin head. So you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, very important. Can't just be walking around with a grocery bag. Be like, you know, like when uh, as a teenager, when you go trick or treating and you're like, I'll bring the pillowcase. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. We always did that. Yeah, it was it was always the pillowcase. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, before we go any further, today's segment is brought to you by our friends at Lockdown. We are going to be giving away one of their lockdown pucks this week. Uh, if you were interested in winning, all you got to do is go to faxandfirearms.com slash blog. Click on episode 39 for all the ways to enter. Uh, this is a really cool device. It's not just for gun safes. You know, yeah. you could use it uh, in toolboxes. Uh, if you have like one of the in plain sight shelves from lockdown, you could use it. They also market it for people who have like a wine collection. You know, yeah. you got a little, little wine cellar or wine chiller. It's got like humidity sensor, yeah, you know, sort of thing. All syncs up to an app. Uh, they, they even when Rennell was on with us a couple months ago talking about it, she said that uh, people take these. Um, like when they travel, like yeah, to the I hotel. thought that was really cool. Yeah, because it's modular and battery operated, so you could put this on your hotel, uh, your hotel door. Yeah, um, so you could be alerted if somebody's uh, you know coming in. So anyway, definitely check them out. Uh, our friends at Lockdown, but we will be giving away one of these Puck Smart Security devices today. Nice, nice, very yeah. good. Yeah, it's very exciting. It is exciting. It's thrilling. Yeah. So how you doing, Dustin? I'm all right, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you're you're doing okay. You gave me a little scare. You weren't feeling so good. I wasn't. And I, so we had to push off recording. I would have uh, been a very unfun guest yesterday. Thank you for adjusting your mic by yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't reach over here and adjust <laughs> it. I was I was watching an episode the other day and it noticed you saw my you, hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you, Dustin. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I had a migraine for... all day yesterday. I was like, uh, you know, I was like seeing sounds and, you know, like, <laughs> it was like, it wasn't pretty. I was trying to like sit in some like 
product meeting and yeah. like you know the room was just like strobing on me not to mention in our new conference room <laughs> we have a big giant tv <laughs> yeah, just right. like blasting blue light right <laughs> at your eyeballs right i was i was presenting spreadsheets and all the like cells were just like <laughs> like oh god my spreadsheet is laughing at me <laughs> i could tell terrible well jay so. you got some uh unique halloween treats this i do week. i do my yeah. wife sent in some asian candy halloween treats for us this week all right let's give it a look do you get do you get a lot of trick-or-treaters where you live none 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 we still buy a lot of candy though yeah. Uh, <laughs> just in case. We don't want to yeah. let the kids down. <laughs> right. And yesterday she was like, hey, I wonder if we should buy another bag of candy just in case. Just yeah, in case no. kids come or just in case I want to eat them. You know, I think the problem is I live uh, like two flights up. Like I live on a hill, a pretty steep hill, and the kids would have to walk two flights up to get to my front door and yeah. I, I think that's just like a huge deterrent yeah oh yeah these lazy kids it don't is, well, do it if they're in like complex costumes <laughs> i know trying yeah, to go right. build. i remember one year my brother and i decided this is when we lived in the suburbs as kids and like uh we decided we were going to go as zombie skaters. Oh, nice. So we had our rollerblades on <laughs> and, like, you know, did the whole face paint junk. <laughs> Trying to walk up people's stoops, like, uh, with yeah. rollerblades on and various decks and, st oh, my gosh. Like, that was ill-advised. <laughs> speaking of zombies, uh, I remember one year we all went as zombies, and my mom was, you know, she was really... She was really great into like costume prep. So she like she spent like all this time like sewing these like bandages around like a black sweatsuit and stuff. And I, I remember our one friend, Andrew, showing up and he had a roll of toilet paper and he stood there and he wrapped himself in the toilet paper and that was like his... To be a mummy? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I said zombies. Yeah, yeah, I meant no, no. mummies. Yeah. Uh, right. He's like wrapping himself in toilet paper. <laughs> like, you know, it's like the <laughs> thing's deteriorating over the course of the night. like Much like a real mummy. Yeah, right. It was actually probably... Uh, a little more yeah, accurate. A little more legit. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, why don't you pull out some of these All treats right. and we'll so, figure some more Halloween stories. We have some sort of odd plum candy here. Okay. Uh, probably pretty delicious. Uh, we have some sort of Japanese uh, cinnamon candy. Already tried these. Uh, little medicinal. Yeah. Uh, little herbal, are they? <laughs> little herbal. Uh, then we have... Um, some high chew soda pop uh flavors oh yeah so you know high chews like you know sort yeah. of like that hard gummy sort of thing yeah our uh, friends from engineering sometimes drop off yeah. high chews to us yeah these are the soda pop version uh then we have uh some more medicinal candies that uh june sent over exactly two of because she wasn't willing to part with uh more. She brought them straight from Japan and says she cannot get them here. Okay. Uh, I oh, think good. they are mint yogurt flavored. So uh, enjoy. 
They have little animals on the wrappers. Mine uh, has a kitten and an eighth note <laughs> and some Japanese characters. What's the eighth note all about? Uh, Is the cat singing to me? I think the cat may be singing. All right. Uh, then we have a variety of um, little jelly packs. Now, when kids <laughs> do come to your door, are you giving them this stuff? Absolutely. You're crazy. Absolutely. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> minty and yogurty? Medicinal? Almost like I'm eating vapor rub. If, so, if the good people at Vicks made a hard candy, that's Vicks what. Vicks hard candy. That's this is what it. This the Japanese are ahead like. of them. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, I, I tend to find that um, Asian treats are. <laughs> fitting a different palette than ours you know those those sort of like medicinal herbal uh flavors yeah prevalent very very (laughs) prevalent oh my gosh uh and then also i put in the remainder of the chuckles as a (laughs) trick to someone you guys can go back and review the chuckles Chuckles. episode at your leisure that was good times Uh, i'm sorry june i can't (laughs) Spit it out. I can't. That's that is a dedication of a candy. That thing is solid. That is solid. Vicks so. Vapo Rub. And then Dustin. Yeah, what's this thing? This thing this, looks like an This Oreo is actually cur- delicious. Uh this is from Glico, which is some major Japanese candy maker. And what they are is little ice cream cones. So they're Little ice cream cones filled with um, like, like an aerated chocolate sort of thing. Like, have you ever had a... Like I th- space I think ice cream? talked about this. Like, no, like like um, the British Aero Bars. Yes. Yeah. This is like that, only piped into a cone. Okay. Would you like vanilla or strawberry? I'll go vanilla. I'm not that dangerous. So, June was only willing to part with... <laughs> Two, two of, of these. Well. Uh, Thanks, June. <laughs> yeah, right. This is her all-time favorite snack, so trying to convince her to send more than that was not a fight I was willing to take. I could get behind that. Yeah, yeah, right? Right? That's not bad. Glico. And the, I love the Glico. lovely Halloween. Yeah, right, right. So it's got, it's got like, Halloween wrapper on it, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's... Um, Lovely Halloween. What? I don't know exactly. I lovely. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Who knows? This is actually quite good with my. Uh, this is like a very sweet biscotti with my coffee yeah. here. Yeah. Right. That's good. You know the thing that, like, with Halloween, like you think back of like maybe Halloween memories as a kid, and you go, "That was not okay." You know, like for example. Oh, yeah we lived in this neighborhood one time and this guy I think worked for the Pepsi bottling company in the area. And he would just open up his garage and he'd have like music playing and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, right. He would just give you cans of Pepsi and slices of pizza. That's and I'm awesome. just like, which is cool. And as a kid, <laughs> you're like, that's great. And like, could you fast forward that till to now? Oh, I mean, yeah. people are rigging up things to go down to their lamp post at the end of the driveway to send things <laughs> down on a clothesline. And this guy was like, everybody's community hands mm-hmm. in the pizza. Right. Oh my gosh. Grody. That's incredible. Grody. I also, I also don't know why the suburbs, which are supposed to be like kid Mecca, 
we make some of the most horrifying lawn displays for Halloween. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, it's like yeah. the same families that'll have like the nativity scene all nice and quaint at <laughs> yeah, Christmas. Right. And but Halloween comes around, you got bodies hanging, you got witches heads, coming out of the yeah. ground. Oh my gosh, I can't believe Yeah, there was um a family up the street from me as a kid who would like put on their own like mini haunted house and you know yeah. they do like the peeled grapes in a in a bowl that like, you were supposed to <coughs> eyeballs. like yeah eyeballs like feel around in like i can't even imagine like hey kids want to come walk through my house and like know. you know i'm yeah. there's gonna be weird crap going on like yeah we did the same thing like it was the same deal you know this this particular community had a lot of like split level houses with the garages that opened to the back you know to the backyard and yeah. so it was a lot of that it was a lot of oh we make like a little haunted house that starts in the lawn or in the driveway and then it goes through the garage and out the back of the house yeah the same thing now like no way. No, like, no way. I'm not right. letting my kid walk into some stranger's <laughs> no weirdo way. haunted house. It's out of control. <laughs> right. Not happening. Yeah. There was a, our dentist lived up the street from us when I was a kid. And he oh, would give away. Oh, you should tell the dentist um, story, by the way. The, de- the one? <laughs> Wasn't it your dad's dentist? <laughs> yeah, we can get we okay. can get that one. Uh, That's what we call a cliffhanger and, uh, here yeah, in the Yeah, we'll, we'll get back into that one. But, uh. <laughs> Our childhood dentist lived up the street and he would give away um, toothbrushes and like toothpaste and, you know, that sort of thing. Little on the nose there, Doc. And I remember that uh, my parents would always send us repeatedly to his house every Halloween. Like, you know, we would just like switch switch up costumes and go back to Dr. Wyant's house, you know, like go get another toothbrush. (laughs) Like... Oh just loading gosh. up on the, t- and, you know, the toothbrush. <laughs> like, it, I mean, it's it's that. I also remember there was an old lady who lived down in a cul-de-sac that she would just give people handfuls of pennies. <laughs> it was just this big bowl yeah. of pennies. <laughs> yeah, right. Just like, here you go. <laughs> here you go. Yeah. By the way, what soda pop is this high chew supposed to be? Remember Pepsi Clear? That's what this looks like. Mm. Uh, we have... Ramoon flavored and cola flavored. I have no idea what Ramoon is. Ramune? Um, Who knows? It's reminiscent of uh, pine salt. Mm. Cleaners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you got that herbal thing. Mm. Mm. Very good. Yeah. I also remember one year... Um, <laughs> Punctuating here, yeah. Thanks, Hi Chu. Yeah, thanks, Hi Chu. Very nice. <laughs> One year, <laughs> as an older teenager, my dad left me in charge of giving out candy at his house. And um, he was always into the large bars. Yeah. You know, he wanted to. Get that good reputation as the house that gives out the the giant bars of candy and steals the toothbrushes from the dentist. Well, uh, yeah, that was mutually exclusive. Slightly different times in our our, our childhood, probably. Um, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, so yeah, so anyway, bars. yeah. I don't remember where he was. You know, I think he was at town or something. So I was in charge of this, and I remember wanting to steal all the candy bars. And keep them for myself. 
Yeah. But I didn't just feel like turning the lights off at his house. So I went into the uh, pantry and he had just recently discovered Sam's Club at that point. Yeah. So he had like these, um, I remember two two things. He had single serve uh, plastic packs of Folger coffee crystals. <laughs> nice. And then he also had these giant containers of bullion cubes, <laughs> chicken and beef bullion cubes that were individually foil wrapped. Did you leave these out for the kids? I remember filling up a bowl. <laughs> And just sort of like grabbing handfuls and throwing them into kids, uh, kids bags, you know, and, and keeping all the candy for myself. You gave children Folgers coffee crystals and bouillon cubes. And, and then like for, for Halloween. For years after that, the, uh. The trick-or-treater numbers really declined at his house, and he totally blamed me for it forever. Well, yeah, that's accurate blame. That's not like blame that you weren't privy to. That is something you deserved. Oh Just handfuls, God. and they looked, you know, Could they you looked like they the could be candy. walking down the street and pops a bouillon cube <laughs> right. in their mouth and just like, hey, this, oh, sweet, this guy gave me chicken taffy. And just throw it in, and it's meat. It's concentrated wow. meat. That's diabolical. I, I, was, <laughs> That's I diabol remember being pretty proud of myself <laughs> at the time. He didn't. He didn't think to ask where did all the coffee crystals go. Well, I think he figured it out pretty quickly. Like, you know, I mean, how the hell are we going to go through like two giant containers of like chicken and beef bouillon and like also all the coffee crystals that I made and screwed up a hundred batches of soup while you were gone. Don't worry, the kids were taken care of. That's yeah, good stuff. So. Well. We would love to hear your Halloween memories, too, if you uh, want to fill us in on uh, yeah, right. some of the shenanigans you got into. But as always, if you have any snacks you would like to get uh, reviewed or uh, spoken about on air, feel yeah. free to email podcast at factsandfirearms.com. Along with that, feel free to send your questions, uh, comments, and guest suggestions for the show as well. Ooh. And. Don't forget to enter to win the Lockdown Puck uh, smart security device. Again, you could find more about this uh, actually on our blog and podcast page. You could search for the Lockdown episode with Rennell, uh from Lockdown. But to enter to win, just go to factsandfirearms.com slash blog and click on episode 39. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Meh. Very good. Great. See you next time, Jay. It's been a joy, Dustin. Indubitably. Yeah. For those of you who have been watching the podcast for a while, you may know that uh, we had Ryan Donahue from Crimson Trace on for one of our episodes to talk all things optics and red dots and some of the exciting things that CT has coming up. But I just wanted to share one of my personal favorite products of theirs, and that is their Railmaster Pro, the CMR204. So not only is it a tactical light, it's also a laser, and it has all of the industry proven technology that Crimson Trace has been known for for so many years. But they're not just limited to things like lights and lasers. They've made a big splash in the electro optics game, whether it's looking at something like a traditional rifle scope or maybe even their new battle optic, which you may or may not have seen in some TV shows and movies recently. They have a lot to offer. So 
Obviously, you're going to be seeing some more stuff uh, of Crimson Trace popping up with us here at Facts and Firearms. You may have even seen it uh, staged on our limited edition Mustang rifle that came out in the spring of 2020. Again, lots of cool stuff from them, just like the CMR204 or anything in their Railmasters series. We would encourage you to check them out at crimsontrace.com. Thank you for tuning in for episode 39. As always, we would love to hear from you. If you have any comments, questions, guest suggestions, or even random things that you want Jay to bring in for me to eat, feel free to uh, email us at podcast at factsandfirearms.com. And we would love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Uh, so make sure you subscribe on your favorite app. Give us a like, give us a follow, and continue to spread the word about the show. As always, we appreciate you watching, and we will see you next week. We want to extend our deepest gratitude to military, police, first responders, and more by saying thank you with special pricing and discounts on all facts and products. Here's how you get started. First, you'll head on over to our website, factsandfirearms.com. From there, you'll want to click Support and Guardian Purchase Program in the dropdown. Then you'll see the instructions on how to get started. So let's just walk through those. First, you'll want to register for an account on our website. If you've already bought something from us on our website before, then this part's already taken care of. Second, you'll want to send a copy of your credentials or some reasonable verification of affiliation to customer service at factionfirearms.com. We get a lot of emails where people are like, hey, will this count? Will this ID count? Will this VA card count? Chances are, yes, a lot of them will count, but make sure you attach an image or a copy of that verification to the email before you even ask customer service. That way they can expedite the process for you. As soon as the account has been created or updated, we will send you an email letting you know that you're ready to go. The discount will be available anytime online when you go to your shopping cart. If you have any more questions, please email service at factsandfirearms.com. Hi and welcome. Hi and welcome to the Facts and Blog and Podcast.